0: Bookcase and Coffee presents Buzzing About Romance, A Quick Shot of Romance. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Buzzing About Romance, A Quick Shot of Romance. On this episode of A Quick Shot of Romance, I am joined by podcast contributor Lindsay, and we are reviewing Parks and Provocation by Juliet Cross. Welcome back to the podcast, Lindsay. Thanks, Leah. It's been a hot minute since we've talked about a book together. It
1: has been I think I've done a few quick shots with Becky and I'm really excited to talk about this
0: one with you. Okay can you read the synopsis from Goodreads for us?
1: Yes. Lola Landry stares through the window of her locked car with the keys in the ignition and the radio blaring Beck's loser while standing there and sweltering in the soupy Tennessee humidity she wonders how her orderly life has crashed and burned so badly. Then her high school nemesis saunters up in all of his tall strapping fireman to the rescue glory slapping her with the humiliating proof that it can always get worse. When the uber-confident Jedediah Lawson requests a date in return for popping her lock, a light bulb goes off. Revenge is sweet. He would make the perfect victim, guess that is, for her next podcast episode on Kiss and Tell. What shocks her is the casual way he not only agrees to the post date interview on air, but ends up hijacking her audience and wooing them with his swoony southern charm. Not even a low score in the date ometer can dissuade the man or keep her fans from demanding more of the charismatic Jed. What's worse, she secretly wants a second date with this man who is so different from his teenage self. His unwavering patience and nimble smile um, erodes her will until she breaks the kiss and tell rules by agreeing to a second and a third date. It's a disaster. Not the date, they're wonderful. The disaster is that she's falling for a man she once dubbed jock-strap, Jed.
0: <laughs> okay. So the release date on this is April 5th, 2022. The tropes are enemies to lovers, childhood nemesis, slow burn, small town, first responder. Um, It's in the Green Valley Heroes series. It is book two and it's a series of standalones with interconnected elements because it is part of the Smarty Pants universe. And the put out percentage was 67%. But let me tell you, there is a scene at like 40% that you're like, Ooh, it's gonna get like get there and it doesn't. But I was not disappointed about it.
1: I don't know what scene you're talking about, but oh, I wasn't disappointed with this book at all. The
0: the oral scene.
1: Oh oh. See? That was an intense moment.
0: It was. So I mean I could have counted that, but this definitely trumped that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's let's talk about Lola. So Lola is kind of set in her ways. She thinks that she does not need to be in this small town. Like she kind of like busted out as soon as she could, but she has almost a manacle approach to the fact that she thinks that she needs more from her life.
1: Yeah. She's very career driven right now. Like to the point where it's like a tunnel vision. She can't see the good things she has in her life. She Mm -hmm. can't see all the ways she's actually thriving in green Valley she just has to get out she has to get back to a big city she's got to capitalize on the degrees that she's spent you know so much time getting um away also from green valley
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> well and she talks about over and over again how like she needs to be worthy of the life her parents gave her like she needs to be worthy of the money that they spent on her and that she needs to show her parents that she doesn't need their help anymore yeah but her parents were wonderful They were so loving and sweet.
1: They were. And I loved her dad, like the heart to heart moment that they had.
0: Oh yeah. At the end. I just loved it. I teared up a little, (laughs) like honestly, because he, he, he gave her some hard truths, but in such a way that you're like, wow, that was really emotionally like charged.
1: Yeah. I also love that she lives with her aunt. Mm -hmm. her aunt who has been deeply in love and lost her the love of her life very young so she's living on her own in green Mm -hmm. valley um and it's just it's like a really nice perspective because they're two single ladies living Mm -hmm. together
0: um gosh that it's so funny (laughs) well and and as the book progresses though there's a moment for her aunt so like she gets her happily ever after as well yeah i love that (laughs) i thought that was like just really sweet so let's talk about jed we'll go back to lola in a little bit so jed left green valley for college but um some family stuff happened and he came back home because life like kind of imploded in green valley and he came back home to to help take care of things but he's established a really good life for himself back in green valley he's
1: very confident for a hero like Mm -hmm. i loved him because he's not overbearing i wouldn't necessarily call him like an alpha Mm because he he read like a cinnamon roll but he had such a confidence about him i adored him
0: yeah he's he's a cinnamon roll with like alpha tendencies because there are moments when that alphaness comes out like when she walks into the fire hall to like deliver him snickerdoodles the first time he gets like He's like, don't touch her. Don't look at her. Don't talk to her. Like he's, he's only voicing like a third of this, but like he is super possessive in that moment. And he's like, she, is, she is mine. <laughs> and when they go to the tailgate and he's like, this was a mistake. My friends flirt with everybody.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Especially the fact that his friends knew her from high school and has mm-hmm. been crush on her. Like it was really funny um, and then I like that they actually leave to go to the game earlier early because he cannot handle any more flirting from mm-hmm. his friends. He's done. <laughs>
0: well, and, but there's a moment where they like, where the Wade, the one friend basically tells the other friend, like, you've been in love with her forever. And he's like, no, he hasn't. And, she, and he's like, yeah, he really has. <laughs> Cause that friend was just really oblivious to like everything around him when they were stupid high school kids. <laughs>
1: actually he's also the reason they didn't get together in high school
0: He is and there was a little bit of a miscommunication there but you could understand why she felt the way she did because there was a moment when they were in high school um where something happened and <clears throat> jed kind of he kind of lashed out and created the coca-cola lola nickname and it kind of spiraled out from there and so he was he was one of those people who was never outwardly mean, but he was, wasn't was kind in some of the things that happened or like if she lashed back, then he was mean, but it was never like, he didn't bully her in the sense where he found things to, to bring her down with. But we find out in the book, a lot of his problems and issues were his insecurities.
1: But he's not insecure about them anymore as an adult, and he, he is, is not. not. He is not going to let his second chance get away from him.
0: Mm-mm. No, and I thought that was a really interesting part of the storyline because there is something that like was extremely like detrimental like to to his mental status when he was in high school. Like it created issues with him. It created this divide between him and Lola, but he did not allow that. Like this issue because I don't want to tell you what it is because it has like meaning to the story like he didn't let that affect the way he lived his life like he he took charge of it like he created an environment surrounding him and is like I can do better and I think that Lola was a big part of that yeah I didn't see that I definitely
1: yeah I think I think she was a motivating force for him but one of the things that I really loved about their relationship is like they both really liked each other Mm -hmm. I think it would have been very obvious to anybody else that they both liked each other but they let this little competitiveness between Mm -hmm. them get in the way and it's I say competitiveness because it's not exactly an enemies to lovers relationship Mm -hmm. it is like they're friends they are friendly towards each other. They were close in high school, um, even though they ran in different circles, but there's like definitely competitiveness. And I think that we see, like, it's really interesting because Jed is the football player. He was a football player in high school. He went to college and played football and he really loves football. So I think like you'd expect him to have the more competitive nature of the two, but Lola, Mm -hmm. was is like she holds herself to a high standard and she wants to be the best at whatever she does and whenever she defines success like she's all in after that and I think in high school in particular like she has a little bit of a competitive thing going on with him it sounds like
0: yeah she definitely does but also like she was the type of person who she didn't understand why people would be okay with less than what they're capable of because she knew Jed was an extremely intelligent person. Like, and so when she saw a couple of his grades, like she was frustrated by it because she's like, why are you okay with this, this lack of like trying? And, and that is what sets him off. And there's a reason for it, but he's, he doesn't want to, to talk about that reason. And I think she just hits a nerve on the day that she does it. And so it, it changed the trajectory of their relationship. But I think that the big thing with Lola though, too, is like, she is the only person in her family that expects this level of like perfection and expects this level of accomplishment because her parents they're perfectly fine with her living at home, doing her thing. Like they are content that she is back home with them. Like they're content that she is not like making tons of money working endless hours because she's home.
1: Or so far away. Yeah. And the other thing is like her aunt who she lives with is very much a hippie. Like they call her a hippie in the book. She doesn't mm-hmm. like she has a craft business, but outside of that, she's essentially retired. Um, just living on her little farm, her little, you know, little
0: house. Yeah. doing happy. Yeah. On her little plot of happy. Yeah. But that's something too. Like, she's I think she saw this woman who is an extremely important like figure in her life. And She's she sees that she's happy, she sees that she's accomplishing what she wants to, but then she's like, why is that enough for her? Like, why why does she not yeah. want more? So I think she like she understands it, but I think she questions like <laughs> how somebody can be content in that like aspect of their life. Yeah.
1: I also really love that about Lola because like I know in my 20s, like I felt like career success was really important. And mm-hmm. um for a long time, the only way that I didn't compromise was like in choosing my relationship with Charlie. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I feel like that's something a lot of people in that age bracket really struggle with. It's something you have to like, you know, being in two places, two different places in your career, like, you know, the things that you want in your twenties are so dramatically different because you're not really settled in like the cadence of, your adult life yet like it's a very much a transitionary phase and I thought that the way Lola was written was so reflective of that Mm -hmm. and so I love that um, because you don't always see that a lot like you see I think either you like with characters in their 20s and romance you see either like very well established highly successful Um, young characters or you see like characters who are kind of in a train wreck phase but you don't see someone who's kind of just like in a normal
0: state of life that's very relatable Mm -hmm. Um, and that's one of my favorite things about Lola. <laughs> no, but you're you're right. Like she's an, an natural thing. Like she has a job. Like she's she is not destitute. Like she's making money. She's doing this like Kiss and Tell podcast and she seems to really enjoy it. And she's doing it with her best friend Marley who I thought was so fun and lovely, lovely and I just was like I want a Marley, but then I was like Becky is kind of my Marley. Because Marley
1: doesn't
0: <laughs> Marley doesn't really have a filter. She so, kind of, um
1: are we gonna be little doing bit a kiss and tell podcast where Becky writes all of her book dates
0: <laughs> oh my gosh that that would be a good episode yeah <laughs> we'll have to we'll have to bring that up but no honestly like as like as I was reading this book I was like Marley and Lola are like me and Becky because we're <laughs> in this like podcast world yes. and like but but anyway, but no, I thought Marley was fun. And I like the fact that there was a moment <laughs> where Lola doesn't tell Marley something. Marley's like hurt because she is so happy that her best friend is back from college and like spending time with her and they get to see each other all the time. And then she, she doesn't tell her about like this big yes. monumental moment in her life. And she's like, it kind of sucks. You didn't say anything until like, it's a done deal. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, what are you doing?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> I know. You don't mess no, up I, with your best friend. Like- but I think Lola gets in this like single-minded focus where like the world around her kind of like narrows down to like this tunnel of like where she should be. And she does not worry about the effects on the people around her. Because even so, like she talked about like how she didn't want to tell her parents because she didn't want to see her dad's sad face. It's like clearly the man does not want you to leave if he gives you sad face every time you talk about moving yeah but also like she'd
1: never even thought about living in houston she'd never really thought about this she just wanted a certain type of job and i thought yeah, it was the really location didn't matter, yeah. yeah it didn't matter but also like she had this idea of what she wanted and then like you can tell she underestimates and undervalues herself and what she's capable of because mm-hmm. when they hired her or like I don't want to give it away, but like
0: they hired her for something like way above like what she interviewed for. Yeah. Because like they saw her worth and I think that is the big thing. Like she doesn't see her true worth, but and family is important to her, but but this drive to be something more like drove her. But family yeah. is extremely important to Jed. Like he bought a house across the street from his dad so he can check on him All the time, every day, like he's extremely close with his four sisters and his nieces and nephews like, like, he talks about how he doesn't miss games doesn't mix activities like if he's not working, he is fully encased like in family life.
1: And he's fully doing what makes him happy. Like he's, he still goes and does things with his friends. He's still mm-hmm. friends with his high school friends. Um, like his high school friends, kids call him uncle Jed. And like mm-hmm. he's just got such a close relationship with all the people in his life. And you can tell that he really values the things that make him happy. Mm-hmm. And he puts time and effort and energy into that. And he's successful in an entirely different way than Lola perceives success. And I love that. I just love this book. I keep saying that. Like I don't have anything literary to contribute to this conversation. I love this book.
0: (laughs) Well, but honestly, it was an exceptionally well-written book. It Mm -hmm. is it is structured well. There, like there are no like dull moments. There are no moments where I was like, Oh, this isn't really a necessary thing. Like there was not a moment in this book that I was like, I could do without that. But then there's a moment where sex nachos come into play and I was like I need more sex nachos in my life and I I'd said this to Becky earlier tonight that the sex nachos are up there with the Jiffy Kate strawberry jam
1: do you know that I had to make nachos just because of this book like I'm always looking for reasons to make nachos but now like anyway yeah but did you I love nachos
0: can you eat nachos without thinking I can always eat nachos I just, I love that scene. I could too. I love a good nacho. But it's one of those, excuse me. It's, but it's one of those scenes like you're not anticipating it to be so hot. And you're like, holy fuck. I want to have sex nachos. I
1: will tell you, like, it was really hot, but I will tell you, I did think that by the time they actually ate the
0: nachos, there's no way they weren't soggy. I know. But that's a moot point. because Honestly, like it was that good, but there's a moment where like they are like, they have had their dark moment and Jed is like, who am I going to have sex nachos with now? And I laughed so hard when I read that line because like the sex nachos, like it's a it's a revolving theme. I love after it. It's like it a little inside joke. It's cute. It is like a little inside joke because, <laughs> because it's, but it's sex nachos. But honestly, like it's one of those things in a book where I love the fact that there's one defining moment that really stands out. And every time I think of this book, I will think of sex matches. Yeah. I love okay. so
1: much about this book. I also thought they really handled the concept of him being a firefighter. Well, like when she, when it kind of like hits her, the danger of mm-hmm. the situation and like there there's a, you know, the, when the wildfire happens and he's got to go off to fight it. And mm-hmm. she's like, where are you? Why haven't I heard from you? Like, she shows up at his house (laughs) Mm and she's like in such a fit about you you know like him and like the enormity of like what he does Mm -hmm. um and I think that's like they kind of they don't really I love that they handle that but she doesn't let it stand in the way of them being together Mm -hmm. like the only thing that's standing in the way of her being of them like being together is her is Lola like Concept of like, like what she has to achieve, like she's immovable. She's like to set up
0: she, a path. Like she's Jed, like Jed and his his career choice, his family. Like the only issue like that comes like time that comes up is the fact that Lola's like you can't leave your family. But aside from that, like it is all Lola's hangups and Lola's like misguided like purposes of life. That are the big issues with their relationship.
1: Yeah. And if, I mean, if Lola really wanted that, he was all in. He was like, I'm Mm -hmm. not letting you go. Like you make me happy. I want to be with you. That's it. Like
0: the rest is done. I will say like when they have their big blow up, like he is emotionally distraught and you don't always get that in a book where the hero is the one who is basically breaking down on the page begging for something different to happen and I really enjoyed the way that Juliet Cross wrote that scene I do too it was so good Mm -hmm. it was like I just wanted to cry like along with Jed Yeah. and then the scene with his dog Joe like right after that the puppy you had
1: me a puppy you include a dog in the book and I am happy you include machos in a
0: book and I'm happier I know it's like it's all the good things like an awesome best friend well awesome best friends on both sides because Wade is like an amazing best friend when like Jed is like trying to drink himself into a stupor, but Wade is an amazing best friend. You have Joe, the pup, who's like adorable and loving and then sex nachos, but Marley and like both parents, like his dad and her parents, like there's just such a good round of characters in this book who every single time they were on the page, it was necessary and needed and made sense. Oh, but I love that he
1: has- four sisters
0: I do too (laughs) I do four well and there's and his one niece is older and so she so they do the kiss and tell which is basically like Lola goes out on a date and then her and the date do the podcast together and they talk about the pros and cons of their date like she rates like what they do. And then she gives the date and overall rating, but then they do what's called mini sodes like in between. And then niece is on this one mini. So talking about how high school boys are stupid. They don't know how to woo a girl. They need to step it up, like stop acting like dumbasses. And <laughs> And there's, there's one that listens and maybe she reached more than one, but I love that. I love that. The fact that the the niece is on the show like talking about how stupid the high school boys that she is in school with are
1: i love how like crazy protective she is of jed too Mm -hmm. like she's a little pitbull like she is she's snarling as i'll get out with lola and lola's like she hates me but she's really just protecting jed it's not a reflection of her opinion of lola at all she's just like you will not
0: hurt Jed. <laughs> and it is ironic that I bring up the yeah. Erickson strawberry jam because they go to the, the, the hot Vikings gym yes. to do some self-defense, which I just remembered that that but was that, such a
1: cute little epa- it like was. A cute little moment
0: too. <laughs> it was because Jed is fully, fully believes that every woman should take self-defense no matter their age or their size so he takes her to a self-defense class and so Tempest is teaching her self-defense but I just love that because the Ericsons are one of my favorite smarty pants like people
1: I really love them too I really love Tempest Mm -hmm. I think she's one of my favorite heroines ever but I think Lola is up there too I really like this book is really up there for me it is as far as like reads um excuse me honestly I've been really really happy with the parks um or what what is the heroes series again Green Valley Heroes yeah the Green Valley Heroes I've loved both of the books in this series I really Mm -hmm. love this series I love that it combines all of my favorite things like the outdoorsy stuff um I love that it combines the outdoorsy stuff Mm -hmm. I I just love it
0: (laughs) yeah i'm i'm hoping we get more books in this series because i i really enjoyed it yeah okay Lindsay. did you like this book (laughs) i know it's like there is a every once in a while like we'll we'll do an episode i'm like why do we even ask this question after we've just raved about it for 20 minutes i did too i love juliet cross's writing style and i thought she had an extremely engaging story that flowed super well yeah. And she typically writes paranormal. So this what? was, yeah, I, I checked out her backlist because I was like, Oh, I need to read more of her. And it is all like witches or vampires or like, I, I can't quote if there's a shifter in there, but it's like, I think there was a dragon shifter maybe, but yeah, she does paranormal <laughs> Well, I'll be
1: reading more of her books because I really enjoyed this one and it was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, like I love this book so much that I wouldn't be surprised if it turns into a drinking game. Like, how many times did Lindsay say she loved this book in this podcast? That is it.
0: <laughs> there we go. It's <laughs> an out of context quote for Jennifer. <laughs> okay, so who would typically <laughs> like this book? Honestly, like, who wouldn't like this book? <laughs> <laughs> it is like if you like a rom com, you like a small town. It is a no holds bar rom com, but it isn't so over the top that it's it. It doesn't push that obnoxious stage. It's like yeah. steady, but it it is so funny at times, and so but it's so perfectly executed at the same time. It is, and if you like any of the smarty Pants universe, like you get those little snippets of the other series, like you get. Enough of the Smarty pants that you won't be disappointed. But again, it's not overwhelming because if you've never read it, those books, you you don't even notice it. No. Okay. So would you recommend this book? Yes. I mean, you've said it <laughs> like four times. So <laughs> I would. As soon as I like I got to like, I was like 30% and I was like, Becky, you need to read this. <laughs> it's really
1: good. I mean <laughs> I really feel like Juliet cross just like picked every single thing that makes me happy in life and put it into a book.
0: Did yes. mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, if you, if you haven't heard there's sex nachos okay so do you have a book you think we should review for a quick shot of romance if you do send us an email at the bees at bookcaseandcoffee.com and we will check it out and maybe you can hear us talk about it right here on a quick shot of romance thank you so much Lindsay, for doing this episode with me <laughs> thanks leah and until next time happy reading everybody find us on instagram at buzzing about romance or on twitter at buzzing romance